Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. And before we get rolling, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you haven't already, please be sure to go and subscribe to Strong in the Saddle on Facebook and or Instagram. So last week we did not have an episode. I just, I had an episode all lined up, but I was just like, you know what? I need a break from the podcast. I need a break from social media and just my phone, to be honest. So I completely unplugged for mm, five days, maybe. We left for camping on Thursday morning of last week. And where we go camping, there is service, but I was like, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to post anything on social media. I just want to be camping with my family, just present with the woods, nature, and just recharging because I was feeling a bit burnt out. The weekend before was the weekend where we had two shows in one weekend and that was a lot and on top of that I've been riding a lot and I've also been fairly busy at work. I work as a public accountant so just feeling a little bit burnt out and so just decided I needed a complete reset which also meant podcast had to take uh, a backseat for a hot minute. But we are back with a fresh episode for you guys this week. So I have been watching a lot of dressage videos on YouTube lately. Specifically, I've been watching videos on Amelia Newcomb's channel. She's a dressage rider from California and If you haven't seen any of her videos, I highly recommend you check her out. I'll put a link to her YouTube channel in the show notes for this episode. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it's released, she is, she has this program, I believe it's called Strides, where you can basically work with her in an individual slash group kind of a setting um, online, of course. So, and that expires, if you're listening to this day that it's released, it re- it um, expires on Saturday, the day after this comes out. So if you check her out, think that you like her, I would highly recommend joining her program. I have also been reading a dressage book lately as well. Every morning while I'm eating my breakfast, that's when I get my 10 minutes of reading in each day. And so I've been reading a dressage book and it's all about the fundamentals, um, what the author calls first tier movements. And he really breaks down things step by step. I don't know how I discovered this, but in a lot of cases, people who teach dressage are very, very good at breaking down more complicated maneuvers into bite-sized chunks that make it a lot more straightforward to learn and teach your horse. 
I will say right now, I am not taking up dressage. I've just had this little bit of a fascination by how they teach their horses, how they teach their riders. So let me go back a minute to explain how this all started. I bought a three-year-old gelding a little over two months ago now, Diesel. He's not finished, but he has a pretty good start. Ideally, I'm having a ton of fun just doing the local, you know, kind of general shows here in Alberta, but I really would like to try and compete in reigning on him at the bigger competitions here in Alberta. In order to do a reigning pattern, we need to be able to run fast, large circles, lope small, more collected circles. We need to do flying lead changes, sliding stops, spins or turns, and rollbacks. Some of those maneuvers are pretty complicated and definitely higher level. At this point in his training, Diesel can do all those things, but they're very, very elementary. Like flying lead changes, for example, I don't get them every time I ask for them. And it takes a lot of preparation and just getting things exactly right and asking for it just right for us to get it. So it is not, we're not at the point where I can lope through center and get a flying lead change. That's, we're not there yet. So yeah, lots of room for improvement. As I started working with Diesel, I found that I needed to go back to more foundation, more elementary level concepts. And let's look at this, the turns, for example. Turns seem easy enough. Just turn your horse around on its hind quarters. But it's actually a lot harder than it than it sounds. And you can't just expect a horse to turn like that, like you see Andrea Fapani doing at the Futurities. Like it takes a ton of practice. And it also takes teaching the horse other baby concepts that maybe don't even necessarily, for someone who doesn't know better, teaching your horse concepts that may not seem like they're related to a turn as a way of building up to that maneuver. So your horse needs to know how to pivot on his inside hind leg. He needs to know how to move off the pressure of a neck rein. You need to be able to move his shoulders over when you put pressure, you know, a bit further up with your outside leg, all those things. So when I first got Diesel, again, for example, I would try to practice turns on him, but I came to the conclusion that we needed to solidify more elementary concepts before we would ever be able to nail our spins. And just as a tangent here, in the post, if you're again, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it's released, I did post on Instagram and Facebook just talking about how Stacy Westfall, she's a horse trainer. If you haven't heard of her, also be sure to check her out. She also has an online training program that I recommend. She's in the reigning world. Anyways, Stacy talks about 
she refers to training a horse like we refer to becoming educated, our education system. So we start in elementary school, then we go to high school, and then we have college. Of course, there's things like middle school and that, but that's she uses those three checkpoints. Um, and I've, I definitely like that framework. You know, you start in elementary school, you're introducing those very basic foundational concepts and then you move into high school, you kind of get into that messy middle where the horse might think they know what you're asking. So they might try like guessing what you're going to ask for, but they're not, they're not finished. So their guess might be wrong or they just, you know, there's still questions that arise that wouldn't otherwise arise with a, a finished horse. So it's just that messy trying to progress stage. And then you get to college where you put the refinement in, you can start really doing the fancy things and asking more from your horse. Anyways, I just want to say, I really like that framework. Me and Diesel, definitely in elementary school. We are not like, we're not grade one, first day grade one. I don't even say we're not even at grade two. Um, like we've, we've got our basics. We can do flying lead changes, which I would say you're not doing that in grade one, two, three, right? I would say we're grade six, grade seven, you know, we're doing all right. We're, but we're still in elementary school. Anyways, as I dug, that was, I just needed to go on that tangent because I was thinking about it today when I put up that post. But anyways, back to what I was talking about. As I dug into the world of dressage, I found that there are a ton of other things that I can work on that if I nail those, my turns are going to come fairly easily. We can work on things like shoulder in, half passing, side passing. Those all work on body control and their lateral movements, all of which can translate directly into a reigning spin. Even though, again, a dressage shoulder in may not at first glance have anything to do with a reigning turn. Um, there are some instructors out there that specifically put out content for rainers, whether that be in books, DVDs, YouTube, social media. But I have found that they jump right to those complicated maneuvers without first acknowledging that your horse needs to be pretty proficient in a bunch of stuff before they can develop the skills that are spe specifically demonstrated in a reigning pattern. And again, this is enter dressage. If I go onto Amelia's YouTube channel and search half pass, Again, this is, half pass is if you can get that, teaching your horse to do a reining turn is going to be so much easier. So if I search half pass on her YouTube channel, for example, there are, like, I'll do it right now. Give me two seconds here. Okay, we will go to YouTube. We will go to, my internet has been a little bit slow today, uh, Amelia Newcomb videos. I'm going to search 
half pass. So she has the half pass, a simple trick. Half pass, the easy way. How to improve your half pass. How to ride a half pass. Like, on and on. Which is super helpful. And again, it's all little, digestible, easy to teach nuggets that Diesel and I can work on and build on until we get to a point where we can turn around like the best rainers out there. Like just as an example, um, yeah, all of these half pass videos that I'm looking at right now are four and a half minutes to six and a half minutes. So, and she demonstrates, hey, try this little thing. You can literally work on it for five to 10 minutes in your ride and it could make a huge difference. So just super, super helpful. And I guess this is all just a preamble to our topic for today, which how far are we along into this episode? We are 13 minutes into this episode. Whether you believe it or not, you can learn a lot from other disciplines. Again, sure, at first glance, disciplines like braining and dressage may have little to nothing in common with the exception that you are riding a horse. But if you take a closer look, there is actually a lot that both can learn from each other. Another example I wanted to highlight relates to my barrel racing days. I know that people like to look down on barrel racers. They get a bad reputation for not having good horsemanship skills and on and on, but I'm not going to get into that today. As a former barrel racer, I'm here to tell you that there is a lot that I took away from barrel racing that carries forward into reining, showing, whatever other horse discipline I want to pursue. For one, top barrel racers know how to take care of their performance horses. If there is anyone who is going to take supreme care of their equine athlete, it is going to be a professional barrel racer. Those girls know so much about, you know, post-race care, like taking care of your horse's legs and just ongoing maintenance that is needed to ensure a performance horse is running at its full potential. And of course, performance horse care, that translates across the board, whether you're a barrel racer, an eventer, a rainer, mounted shooter, a dressage rider, whatever. It translates across all, just general performance horse care. Another group of people that we can learn from are trail riders, or this one might not even be discipline specific, more just a general group of people. As a general rule, people like trail riders, they don't take things too seriously, and they're able to just enjoy their horses and the rides that they have together. I don't know about you, but when you throw competition and that pressure into the mix of things, the fun and enjoyment can be sucked out very quickly. 
your mind narrows in on the things you need to work on, the skills you need to perfect, and when the next competition date is. You start to forget why you wanted to do those things with your horse in the first place. My mom is a great example. She loves her horse, but she has zero zero competition aspirations. She has never competed in a competition with a horse and she has zero desire to do so. She will come and watch me all day. She has no desire to do that. So she goes out and rides when she can. And when she does, she loves every moment of it. Rather than being potentially stressed out you know, trying to work the kinks out of a maneuver or whatever. She just appreciates the time in the saddle. We can all learn from that regardless of your discipline. And while I was doing a bit of research for this episode on learning from and appreciating other disciplines, I came to realize something. Regardless of your discipline, We are all pretty much striving for the same thing. It just happens to come in different packages. We all want, first and foremost, a happy and healthy horse. A horse that isn't happy and healthy is not going to perform at its best. Some disciplines might approach performance horse care a little bit different. But at the end of the day, a horse is a horse. And we also want the same things in many cases during our performances. We want the horse driving with his hind end, stretching over his top line and really using his body. We want them soft and responsive. Again, it's all about how it's packaged. A rainer running his big fast circles needs to be balanced, driving with his hind end and listening to his rider. A barrel racer would want those exact same things when she's going, you know, from barrel to barrel. A dressage rider asking for flying lead changes wants her horse to do so from cues that seem non-existent. A western pleasure rider wants the exact same thing. It's just about finding what resonates and what works for you. I think that's why it's really important to try different things. Go to clinics, take a lesson from various professionals like me, watch different YouTube videos, Um, maybe try a few different disciplines and see what fits for you. There's no harm in doing that until you find what feels right, what works. Worst case scenario, if you try and something doesn't work or something doesn't fit, you now, you probably will, regardless, take away some tools and techniques from that that could potentially transfer to something else. The horse industry is incredibly siloed, meaning we have like, again, our barrel racing silo, our dressage silo, our cutting silo where there's zero interaction or transfer between them. And 
you know, I, I didn't really notice that until a few years ago. I was so wrapped up in my barrel racing world that I didn't even notice that I was completely oblivious to other areas of the horse industry. I wasn't even aware of what was going on in the other Western disciplines, let alone in the English ones. Being siloed like that, in, in some ways, it's fine. You get super specialized and you can get really good at your discipline. But I feel like it also does us all a disservice if we aren't exploring and sharing what works for other people in other sectors of the horse world. For example, many people in the eventing community know something about conditioning that maybe people in the barrel racing world have never considered. Can you imagine how much better as a whole we would be if we all shared knowledge like that? And I don't think that it's a case of people not wanting to share. I think it's just that people don't even consider it. They have their blinders on. And the information is out there, guys, whether it be podcasts, YouTube, online courses, people are willing to share information. Just look at Amelia, for example. Again, we're just we're going to use her as the running example today. She's got social media, so she posts reels and all kinds of stuff there. She's got her YouTube channel where she's constantly posting training videos, Q&As. She's got her online training course. I think she might have a Facebook group. Like she's putting information out there and tons of other trainers are too. You just have to be willing to, I guess, first go and find them and then listen and learn. And I guess that's just what I wanted to hammer home today with this episode. Continue to learn, pursue horse-related education Not only is it going to make you a stronger equestrian, but your horse is going to benefit as well. So I think I'm going to end it there for today. Hope you guys enjoyed that topic. I'm toying with the idea of doing something additional on the podcast. I'm going to continue with weekly episodes, but I also have another idea brewing in my head. I'm I'm going to think about it this afternoon and yeah, I'll just keep you in suspense for the time being. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to, well, if you could share it on social media, that would be awesome. And yeah, until next week, remember it's always a good day to ride.